The Sunday Grill with Crane and Crane Insurance. To compare motor and home insurance quotes across multiple different insurers, see craneandcrane.ie. Garda Gavin Hegarty is on the phone this morning just to talk us through the new stipulations now that we are in lockdown. And Gavin, we had set up a whole pre-record during the week. We'd done the whole social distancing thing. We talked outside six feet apart and now everything has changed. Yeah, I suppose everything has changed since we recorded our interview, Orla. Um, we're no longer in, this, in, in that space where it was social distancing and kind of going about our business in that, in that respect. We're now in, 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 a, in, a, in a regime of, I suppose, social isolation. Okay. Can you talk um, us through some of these things? Because I know even the Taoiseach has tweeted about the two kilometres not necessarily meaning if you need to go and get your shopping. I think people are quite confused by a few things. Yeah, so the two-kilometre rule, uh, what the Taoiseach announced um, on, was, Friday. Or on Friday night was basically, if you need to get exercise, and if you, if, you, if you feel you need to go and get exercise, then you can. there's no issue with that. As long as you do it on your own, or if you're doing it in a, in a family group that you observe social distancing within your family group, and you do it within two kilometres of your home. Now, a lot of people are saying the two-kilometre radius. I've even seen websites have been created to show you what a two-kilometre radius is, which is quite a lot more than, you know, the two-kilometre walk that you might do usually is. Yeah, and and, and like like a two-kilometre radius, if you were to go around the outside of it, you could actually walk maybe six or seven kilometres in Mm. total. Is that okay? But it's with it. Yeah, but it's as long as you're within two kilometres from your home. Ah, okay. That if you were to walk directly home, you'd be two kilometres from your home. Okay. What it doesn't mean, Orla, is that you get into your car and drive somewhere. Okay. So, you, so if you if you're getting into your car to drive somewhere to get exercise, you're not really within the spirit of what the Taoiseach has announced and what and what is effectively in place now. Okay. And so, if you if you're living two and a half kilometres from from a, a public amenity or from a village or whatever the case would be, and you get into your car and drive to that to go for your exercise, well, that's not what's being asked of you. What's okay. being asked of you is that you leave your front door, you get your exercise, but you stay within two kilometres of your front door whilst you're getting your exercise. So if that village or amenity is two and a half kilometres away from you via Google Maps, but was maybe... In the two kilometre radius, if you get me, could you still do that? No, I no. It's best okay. just to stay for simple for in order to make it as simple as possible. People shouldn't really be going anywhere to get their exercise. Okay, start your exercise at your front door. Okay, and stay within two kilometres. Then. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to clarify. Can we just talk about the family unit, as you said there earlier? Because I've heard different things. If you're if you have children, you should really. Just bring a child out one at a time, really. Is that right? No, the family unit is the family unit. So, so the family unit is the people who are resident in one household. Mm. So that doesn't mean that I get to go out and bring my family and meet up with my brother and his family and we all go off for a walk. That's not a family unit. Okay. family unit is me and my kids and my wife. And if we're going out on our walk, of leaving our front door, staying within two kilometres of our home, that's fine as long as we then adhere to social distancing whilst we're out. Okay, so you still need to be social distancing, but if you're a family of four, the four of you can go out? Yes. Okay. Yes, there is no, there's at, at this moment in time, what the advice is that that's not an issue. Okay. But now, it's not that the four of you then go out and meet up with your four neighbour, your okay. four, the four people who live yeah, in the house next door. That. Now, Keep what about over 70s? There's been some confusion with this as well. If you're over 70, you should not go out at all. 
over 70s are being asked what they're what they're asking people to do is cocoon. So if you're over 70, don't go out. And there are other people within that category as well. And people should contact should, should go onto the HSC website to to get the other categories. So there are people with auto with um who are being treated for cancer or there are other categories of people. Now, I'm not, I'm not a medical practitioner, mm-hmm. so it's not for me to say. So the HSC website is the best the best source of information for that. But it, there are, so it's not just people over 70. There are other vulnerable people as well within that category. And what the government are asking now and what the, what the government are directing essentially is mm-hmm. that people cocoon. So okay. people, you do not leave your home. Okay. Now, now uh, what have you been doing as the guardie? Say you see me, I'm. you don't know where I live. Are, are you able to stop me if I'm on my own on a walk and ask me where I live? Yeah, yes, we are. Um, essentially what we are doing is at the moment is that we're trying, I suppose, to... So I'm actually calling it throughout the state police by consent. So, and we've always policed by consent. And, and as a society, we adhere to that that notion of policing by consent. So it's, it's a, in a sense that we all agree as a society to... to adhere to the rule of law and to what's been asked of us. And as a, as a society then working together like that, it's better for everybody. So what we're at the moment, what we're trying to do is really influence people to adhere to the, to what the government have asked of us, um, what the chief medical officer has asked of us and what the Minister for Health has asked of us. And that is to, and that is to adhere to the, to the guidance that has been given, given to us and to the rules that have been outlined. Um, and to basically not to leave your home unless it's really necessary. And that and that's the key. It's not, oh, I think I just want a packet of crisps I'm going to go down to the shop. It's, you go out to do your shopping, but you don't go out to do to get your packet of crisps okay. or whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it it's really necessary travel. Okay. Unless you really need to leave the home, that's what it is. And if you do leave the home, I we have teams across the southeast and across, in, in every county in the southeast who are out there checking the movements of people. So why, why, where they're coming from, where they're going to, and why. Because okay. that's important. And you've already been out on check- checkpoints for the past uh, day and a half. How have people been with you? Have they been mostly compliant? Yeah, in, in, in fairness to the, to the public, um, they have been really, really good so far. Um, we have had a, a couple of issues, but in the main, the, 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 I must say, the, the public have been really good. We have had to take some decisions. Um, for instance, in, in Waterford, where I'm based, we've had to take the deci- There have been some decisions to, to close certain amenities and to close access to certain places. Okay. Because what we found this morning was people coming from significant distances to, to go to those locations. Okay. Um, but in the main, people have been have been really good. We've been out doing our checkpoints. Um, I will say guards at our, at our checkpoints, out, we're, I, so far as we can, we are also maintaining our social contact and distance. So, you might see the guard stepping a little bit back from the car, not necessarily uh, being up real close with you. That's not that's for the safety of the guard and for your safety as well. Um, so yeah, so we're out there. We're try, we're trying to drive home the message that really you only need to leave home if it's really really necessary. And to consult with the HSC website for the, for those reasons, okay. uh, for what those reasons are. Okay, good stuff. Great to clarify some of those things. Hopefully it does last just those two weeks and on Easter Sunday we have some sort of update, Gavin. But in the meantime, I know you're going to be really busy over the next couple of weeks, so stay safe. Thank you and thanks, Orlan. And your listeners and all the listeners, and again, these are 
unusual times we, we all we want is for people to stay safe um, and, you know, and the best way of doing that at the moment is to stay at home Brilliant Gavin thank you so much for talking to us this Thanks morning. Orla the Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, my next guests are the owners of Thrive Cafe in Tullow in County Carlow and they're using their talents to give back in these unusual times. I'm joined on the phone by Helen and Lorraine Dimitrio. They are the sisters that own Thrive in County Carlow. Hi, how are ye? Hello, how are you? Very Hi, Orla, good. Are Hi, you? guys. So that is Helen and Lorraine. Now, we need to explain your situation. So you are sisters... <laughs> Who yes. married brothers, is that right? Yes. <laughs> so how did that happen? Who met who first? Tell me. Uh, Helen met Michael first okay. in Australia over well, nearly 10 years ago now. Um, and then I introduced my sister to his brother. <laughs> when you came back or when you were all in Australia? No, when we came back. Fast forward a few years and uh, Helen and in Michael Amsterdam. Yeah. Wow. And we got married, and I suppose we were bridesmaid and best man. <laughs> okay. And you're both your business partners as well, as well as sisters. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, would you tell us a little bit about Thrive and what you were doing before all this happened and before everything closed down? What sort of cafe is Thrive in Tullow? Um, Thrive, we set off with a mission a few years ago. I suppose it dates back long before we even opened the doors. The cafe was kind of the fruition of our mission. And we always, um, I studied nutrition and wanted to teach people about lifestyle and healthy eating. And as I was seeing clients on a one-to-one basis, they would always be asking, but how do I make that? And what does that look like? And all these weird foods at the time Mm. going back over 10 years. So then I started doing demonstrations in my home, of which Helen, my sister, joined me. And it was brilliant because we'd have great crack and um, people kept saying, God, girls, you should open a cafe. And then a friend of ours said to us, there's actually a place in Tullow that has come up available. But timing, as per usual, was not perfect because I was eight months pregnant with my second child and Helen was just pregnant. But we decided in the madness of hormones or something to go ahead anyway. And we opened the doors then about five months later. So I had a a four-month-old and Helen was seven months pregnant. And we, um, it just went mad from then and it was brilliant. We, we really had that mission that we wanted to get people having energy um, and connecting the dots for people with food. You know, we've kind of got so obsessed with how food tastes and how food looks, which we also is important for our food. But the healthy eating can actually taste good and look good too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to just be a salad. And I suppose our mission statement is, fueling your lifestyle so you know it was all about making sure that while you're carrying out your busy day even as mums that we are or whatever it might be you're being fueled that you're not feeling exhausted or tired or having to extra work on your body to digest your food mm-hmm. we do that in our food so we choose the best ingredients Lorraine obviously has carried out a lot of research in the um, menus and everything and we're constantly innovating and you know, the first day we opened up our doors, we had sourdough bread. And at that time, nobody hardly knew what sourdough no. bread was. Not in a small town, exactly, or sauerkraut or kimchi or any of that. So we spent the first year explaining everything. Yeah, which is so exciting because everybody then in Toronto that eats in our restaurant came on our journey with us. Yeah. 
you know, as we grow and expand and, you know, we, we love all our lovely customers and it's thriving and growing from now on. Brilliant. And then, of course, over two weeks ago, everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed. Everything and what, changed. what was interesting is the week, the couple of weeks in the lead up, there was a lot of talk about COVID-19 and we were actually busier than ever because everyone really saw the value of their immune system mm. and what they could do. So we make our own tonics and we make kombuchas and we do a few things like that and cooking course. Yeah, we did cooking class before and then suddenly we were faced with that decision to close the doors and, and, and or, you know, and we, we just felt off the time it was kind of unsafe to keep going, really, mm. um, with the way, with the two weeks being a, a fundamental period of time for the transmission of this. Mm-hmm. And I suppose we made that decision quite quickly. Um, the schools closed on the Thursday, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, we closed the Sunday. So we didn't open the Sunday and that was it. We have okay. a brother with special needs as well and we just felt for his health for everybody's health you know to take this kind of seriously and respect it for what it is but still trying to fuel the people so we closed on Sunday and Lorraine came down to me on Monday in my house a whole 24 hours of rest we had and uh, just said look we always like to do good we grew up in a society and well we grew up in a family a large family of aunts and uncles who all would we work in um, like nursing doctors mm. and caring for others all over the country and yeah and then they would you know it's just important I suppose at this time uh, coming back to our original mission that energy is really important mm. and sometimes the expectation on doctors and nurses is massive mm-hmm. and we expect them to make the best decisions whether it be two o'clock in the morning or ten o'clock at night and they um, could be going on no food or full of sugar and that was the one thing that really blew us away over the last two weeks we've got so many messages directly from different departments and hospitals which is amazing but just also telling us along the journey like that the cafes would close in hospitals so then they were really uh, subject to just eating what was in vending machines Mm -hmm. and then a lot of them wouldn't have time maybe to prepare or too exhausted to go home and think about cooking um, you know yeah. So that's kind of what we said. Yeah. We wanted them. It's not about packing bags of chocolates yeah. for the doctors right now. That's the one message. So we what really sort of stuff to... are you doing? Are you creating a dinner for so them? We're, yeah, yeah. We're sending dinners plus healthy snacks. So like all sugar-free snacks, but full of like nutrients. So that quick, you've got two seconds to have a mouthful of something and you want that mouthful of something to be something that's going to give you a boost of energy. Mm-hmm. So we've been putting a lot of... Uh, natural uh, foods and nuts and seeds and um, more um, natural sugars like dates and stuff into some snacks for them so that they can either have a bite there or if they skip breakfast or whatever and then we made our little tonic that we send up and then we're also sending up full meals so what we've been trying to do is every day cook two to three batches of food um, and change it around a little bit. So we've done um, a veggie and a meat every time. Yeah, so we're using organic there. chicken as well from a local lady at Slaney Blend. Uh, she supplies our chicken in the cafe, so we kept her going as well. Um, so using her lovely chicken there to cook some of, up some of our foods and then Brilliant. lovely... Sharing everything with quinoa because the one thing we do see as well is in the habit to cook something quick, people can re- rely on 
fast carbs like mm. pasta and that and that's all grand but when you really need energy some you know anyone who knows the, the bowl of pasta can feel like falling mm. asleep mm. so we wanted to try and get food that would give them quick energy long lasting energy and have as much protein available to them so they're repairing themselves brilliant and what hospitals are you delivering to and also it's a real community effort isn't it because you volunteers yeah. who are bringing the, all yes. this food up yes. to the hospitals. So is yes. it mainly Dublin you're going towards or are you heading We're in other hospitals? Everywhere. We've done Kilkenny. Um, we we done again done, Kilkenny yeah, this morning. Yeah, we've done Beaumont and Matter and Tala and Kilkenny. Um, and we do want to get Tala. Down. Yeah, we were just talking about Waterford as well. Um, so that's just... And then... Keep cooking. But, it, you know, it really took off. We went in on Tuesday night, St. Patrick's Day, uh, contacted a few... On Monday when we decided to do this, we contacted a few doctors around and a few ambulance drivers and different people that we knew and were kind of just putting the feelers out to see if it was, you know, required. And the, God, it was just indated with, oh my God, yes, this is so needed. So we went in on St. Patrick's uh, night and started cooking from there. We contacted a girl that we know, Emma O'Brien, to help us out, set up a GoFundMe. We put the target at 500 euros and we're at 4,910. Wow. And counting, we've cooked over 500 meals um, and we hope to continue this great story and success for all those people who are, you know, really putting their lives online to save other people's lives on the line and, you know, keep the country going. So we feel really blessed that we actually had this opportunity and time to do some good that we always like to do. And, you know, sometimes in your busy day, you don't always get to do it. So when we had this bit of downtime, we were like, well, what better way to spend our time than giving thanks and spreading some love and food to those who really need it. God, fair plenty. Um, yeah, we are really relying on, like, there's great guards in Tullow and doctors in Tullow who work in Bowmount and, you know, they've been great. Kilkenny guards drove down to our door last week and collected a batch and dropped it up to St. Luke's. So whenever there's another girl um, who works in... St. James's in Dublin and she brings up food when she's going to work and stuff so we're really blessed with people. But Okay, good stuff. Well, let's okay. talk about how people can get in contact with you. The best place is probably your Instagram account. That's where you have the yeah. GoFundMe link and also ways to get yeah. in contact. So if you just search for Thrive Cafe Tullow. We've had a lot of volunteers say and ask if we need help in the kitchen but we are just keeping it to each to ourselves because we really are respecting social distancing and because we've always worked together and we live together all of that nearly well we don't live together but we might as well (laughs) (laughs) we don't have a commune going but um we are socially distancing uh together but we are respectful that we're not going near anybody else and we do ask others to do that but we have just dropped it off at the cafe door and then others can collect it okay but if anyone wants to do the volunteering yeah Brilliant. Okay, well, as I said, that Instagram account is Thrive Cafe Tullo. And uh, girls, thanks so much for talking to us. You've really thought outside the box. And it's great to think that the people on our front line are getting really good, nutritious food as they continue in this fight. That's exactly it. Thank you thanks, for Mayonora. taking the time to talk to us and letting people know the message as well, which is brilliant. Brilliant. Helen and Lorraine Demetrio from Thrive Cafe <laughs> in Tullow in County Carlow. We'll talk to you again soon and see how you're getting on. Yes. Thanks, Orla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103.
well, three weeks ago, I had no clue what Zoom or Google Meet were. But now I've had work meetings, a virtual choir practice and a yoga class thanks to these apps. But there's a lot more to get you through social distancing. And Niall has been breaking down what we normally do in our day to day lives and how now we can do it thanks to apps. Yeah, I mean, I'm a very social creature, Orla. (laughs) So the last couple of weeks have been kind of tough. They have. Um, But each week I've learned new things and tried out new things to connect with friends. You know what, I'm over a bit. and I know My living room. Yeah. I'm also over it. <laughs> My kitchen. <laughs> our, not our WhatsApp group, but okay. WhatsApping. Yeah, I'm well, really over look, getting 30 texts that I have to scroll through instead of having a conversation with my friends. Yeah, no, I do get that. But then at the same time, WhatsApp has saved us mm. on occasion the last yeah. couple of weeks just to keep that conversation going between groups of friends. Yeah. But as you said, there's loads of different ways now that people are connecting. So we, we start just on the, the kind of more technical side as to what people are using. There's the obvious ones. FaceTime is still great. Yeah. FaceTime is great, I think, for a two-way conversation. Yeah, that's how I talk to my mammy. Okay, mm-hmm. very good. Yeah, mammies and grannies in Ireland have been learning a lot about FaceTime uh-huh. in recent weeks. And I actually, see a lot of my mother's ear on FaceTime. <laughs> or just a chin. Yeah. But no, I've seen some really, really lovely stuff on Twitter as well of um, really elderly people, like maybe in their 80s or 90s, who can't get to their family and they're having sing songs on yeah, FaceTime and stuff. It's just really lovely. So that's there, obviously. Skype is another one we've, we've probably all used at some point. Yeah, and it was kind of dying a death. I can't think of the last time I used Skype, yes. but now it's back. I had running. a Skype wine party with a friend last weekend. Lovely. It was lovely. Um, Zoom is the big one. And I've been yeah. using this mostly kind of from a business sense over the last couple of weeks. Um, Zoom is great. Obviously, you can have, I think, you can have up to 100 people had in a room. Had you heard of it before? I had heard. I have used Zoom again through work in the last few months um, for some meetings where people from radio stations come together, but I'd only mm. used the audio side of it. We'd never okay. done video. And it worked perfectly on audio too, just to have a kind of conference call. Um, but as I said, more people have been using the last. I've had a three work meetings on Zoom this week, management meetings and stuff. Um, the only downside to Zoom is... You need to pay for a pro account yes. or you're thrown out after 40 minutes. Yeah. And that is a downside. In my choir, we obviously have the pro account okay. because we have an hour and a half practice. There could be 25, 26 of us. Mm. It's amazing. Sure, weren't you on the nationwide knob? Yeah, we were. <laughs> I could hear Check your dulcet your... tones in my living room going, that's Orla wailing. <laughs> wailing? Excuse me. So yeah, Zoom is great. As I said, a lot of people kind of use enough for work um, because they don't have the pro account um, at the moment. The newest one, it's not that new, but that has really shot off in the last couple of weeks is House Party yeah. which is an app um, it has been very popular in colleges for the last couple of years but now I mean some of the stats on it it's number one in a huge range of countries as the top free app this week uh, 2 million downloads alone last week worldwide and the thing about um, House Party is it does literally mimic a house party you can have up to 8 friends in a room mm-hmm. Uh, you can use it just to chat, to sing, whatever you want to do. There's also games, so uh-huh. you can like heads up and stuff like that. Okay. You can play together. And um, it actually has that real house party And you party can go vibe. into different rooms. So you can decide if you and me want to go off we and have a bit of a gossip. It, yeah. We can go have into another room. a bitch about whoever's in yeah. the main room. Yeah, you can do we're that. We're doing this tonight. We are. We're, we're, we're going to get together. We're friends in Belfast, Wexford, Waterford. And we're all going to try to get up and mm-hmm. uh, have a glass of wine together and just be sociable, yeah. you know. And I bags playing heads up because I love that. <laughs> oh, is that okay? Okay. You know, competitive, I guess. So I suppose the question is once you've decided on your, your format and what you're going to use well what are you going to do is it just a mm. simple straightforward chat people are being quite creative uh, wine and cocktail parties are all the rage at the moment we mentioned the games a big thing more so in America at the moment is the dinner party 
Okay. And they say that um, for some people, not being able to share a meal with friends and family is actually a really, really hard thing. Mm. Um, particularly if you live alone, I suppose, to gather at someone's table, pull up a chair and just have a chat. I'm not sure I'd be mad into the dinner party thing because you're going to be walking away and back getting your food. Yeah. And I don't really want to look at you eating no, either. No, me neither. Not so close up as well. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Bits of food hanging out. So I'm not sure, but some people are trying it that way. And then, of course, the other thing, um, Netflix... We've had the, the co-video parties on Twitter organised uh-huh. by Alison Spittle yeah, the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they're a great idea. Which are a great idea, but they are based on people pressing play at different times. Mm. So Netflix have had this thing for a while, the Netflix Party, which is an extension that can be used on Google Chrome that lets multiple Netflix users watch a show together from okay. different locations. Great and idea. if one person pauses it, it pauses for everybody. Ah. So you can go to the toilet, get a drink or whatever you want to okay. do. And there's also a chat room within it so you can talk about the movie. Brilliant. So, so I'm really into Tiger King at the moment. Okay, so I haven't started that. this. Yeah, yeah, well, you start that and then we'll do this together. Okay, okay. so that's um, the Netflix party. So next thing, tips. If you're going to get together online, here's a few basic tips, okay? okay. Number one, obviously agree on a day and time that suits everybody. Mm-hmm. One of the difficulties is if you're friends in different time yeah. zones and how to make that work. Number two, keep the group small enough. Um, they say half a dozen people is probably ideal, around six people. Yeah, and you know what? We have eight tonight at our house party, yeah. don't we? Yeah, and, eight and you're plus all chatters. maybe partners. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like another episode of Nevermind the Beach House, <laughs> where <laughs> the, Vinny constantly shouts, Shut up! <laughs> yeah, the problem, of course, is in these uh, people talking over each other and mm. it gets a bit messy. Uh, maybe we'll have to have hand signals or something. Oh, yeah, I'm good at that. Yeah, yeah. Talking yeah. sticks. So, yeah, they say kind of five or six people is ideal. Okay. This is an interesting one. Despite social distancing, spruce up a little. Make an effort. Don't be slobbing about. It doesn't have to be full makeup, but you know, like okay. you I was <laughs> intent to be in my dressing gown. It's gown still tonight. a social occasion, okay, you know. Um, right. And they say do it like you might do for real world happy hour. Brush your hair, <laughs> put on a clean shirt, and changing out of pajama pants is optional. It says, okay, okay? I'm not changing out my pajama um, pants. This is a tough one for me. If I'm skyping on my laptop, I still tend to have my phone in my hand yes. on Twitter and Insta. Yeah. And they say it's actually quite rude in terms of etiquette okay. that you should leave your phone and other devices like a tablet down okay. and focus on the social interaction you're having now you're not having much of it so give it your time maybe it will change the way that we do things when this is all over possibly that would be great and uh, then finally just uh, what are you going to drink that's up to you whether you want a coke or a wine or whatever the case may be and what the occasion is and you can pretend then too because you know the way when you're usually on nights out as Irish people were like you're not having a drink (laughs) now you can just pretend and people won't won't say you're pregnant yeah exactly Uh, (laughs) finally some just some ingenious ways virtual friend dates other interesting things this is mostly from Toronto but there are things you can do online with a friend okay. like a painting an art class right and there's some online events from Yay Maker that you can start your own video call and like do painting and art together okay great I think there's a small charge on that uh, Ripley's Aquarium are hosting live events such as shark feeding and the live penguin oh, cams oh that'd be great for kids as well again you can hop onto Facebook with your best friends and visit the aquarium together get toned together oh this is what I say I'm going to do every day how's the yoga oh grand <laughs> I did it once <laughs> not sure about it and then finally there are virtual dance parties Planet Fabulton is hosting a free virtual dance costume party oh I'd love that you can stream the event from your living rooms and join in with a webcam so lots of creative ways people are, are getting together online Brilliant. at the moment great and I'll see you later see you later for Be a house dressed. party oh, makeup on Make I can't an believe I have to do this <laughs> I had dressing gown pair of slippers was good to go but yeah I'll be the fancy see you later one. thanks a million the Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103. 
Well, my next guest this morning is on a sabbatical from her work in Skullwera Primary School in Wexford Town. Cathy Kane and her husband, artist Declan Cody, moved to China last August to Suzhou, where Cathy has been teaching. And as you can imagine, they are weeks ahead of the situation that we're in. So Cathy's on the phone to fill us in on what's been happening there in China. You're very welcome, Cathy. Thanks very much, Orla. Now, Tell us a little bit about, before we start, on the situation you found yourself in. How did you end up in China in the first place? Um, well, last uh, year, uh, our daughter was off to college and we were both looking at each other, suffering a little bit of empty nest. Okay. And maybe midlife crisis or maybe both, I don't know. <laughs> and we had spent a beautiful summer in Nepal and we kind of came home and we thought, oh, you know what, Southeast Asia is an amazing country, amazing place, and we know very little about it. And then I started looking at websites for international teaching. And last August, we arrived here on the 10th of August in the middle of 40 degrees heat. Wow. And we're here for two years now. So yeah. you're in a city called Suzhou. When did word of the coronavirus, can you remember when you started to hear about it? Yeah, word started trickling through around December in local Chinese channels. Okay. Uh, like we have a lot of Chinese media here, English-speaking Chinese media, if you like. And we heard that there was a virus, but... We weren't alerted to any dangers. Okay. So the biggest um, factor that alerted to us that there was something serious was right after Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year was on the 22nd. Well, we finished school on the 22nd of January. Mm. And that weekend is the biggest mass migration of a population in the world. Every single Chinese person up sticks, closes their businesses and go back to their homes. Okay. So China is such a massive country that if a Chinese person is going to go home, you could be eight, ten hours on a plane or on a train. And they don't go home often. They go home about once a year. So it was a huge migration of people. And all around that time, word got out that there was a very, very serious um, disease being spread. And they had identified it as coming from Wuhan. And within about four days, we were told that we weren't allowed out in public without masks that um, we weren't allowed to uh, be in big groups and all public places were closed immediately, overnight. Okay. Then um, very, very soon after that, um, we were told we were in lockdown, which meant that people who hadn't left to go home weren't allowed to go home. So that was tragic for an awful lot of people. They won't have got to see their family this year at all. Mm. Uh, people had to stay put, but they weren't allowed to um, travel or visit or do anything like that. A couple of days later then, we were told we weren't allowed to have people in our apartments. And that was followed very quickly then by the compound gates being closed. So here we live in very, very big estates. They're kind of like estates at home, but they'd be three or four times the size of an average estate. Mm -hmm. And there's about six gates that allow you to enter and exit from different parts to the city. So each of those gates were closed down and only one gate was, was allowed to open. And that was heavily monitored by security guards. And that meant that to exit or enter, you had to have your temperature taken and you had to fill out a form with your name, your phone number. Um, we had to produce our passports initially until we got um, a further app which identified us. Mm. Then metros were closed. They used to run every two minutes, but they only became one metro every hour between 9 and um, 9 p.m., that kind of thing. So basically that then was the full lockdown. So full okay. lockdown then... Um, we were allowed out once a day or twice a day to get um, uh, food. There was never a scarcity of food. The government said from day one that food and drink would be available, that it was illegal to up the price of drink or food, 
that it was illegal to up the price of masks and it was illegal to up the price of sanitizers. And actually that very evening, our management company came around and gave us all sanitizers for our apartments. So there was never a scarcity or there was never a fear. Uh, Amongst my local Chinese friends, they were told straight away that their rents were frozen, that their mortgages were frozen and that they would be paid. Okay, so So quite similar to here in a way. Exactly, exactly. But... The difference being that this was very quick. This yes. all happened within a week. And, and I know China the, is well known for being quite compliant. And there's a lot of talk here about, you know, people still going out when they shouldn't. Were Chinese people more compliant, do you think? Chinese people were extremely compliant. I mean, the streets were deserted within two days. Mm. I mean, there was nobody out. Nobody out. The metro was it was running, but there was no reason for it to run. Uh, shopping malls were deserted. There was nobody anywhere. You wouldn't hear every morning and night here. You hear Chinese music and people are out dancing and doing their Tai Chi. That was all gone. There was no children out in the estates. It went silent overnight. Did you have any worries? Like, were you worried about your daughter back home, what they were thinking? What were you thinking during that time? The really funny thing was that we were getting an awful lot of messages from home. Everybody was really, really worried about us. Mm. People were watching the footage of Wuhan and assuming that that was the way we were living our lives. But because we're eight hours from train away from Wuhan, the centre of the epidemic, um, that meant that we were never, you know, it was never as scary as it Mm. was for those people there. And I think the other thing is because we were constantly informed of what was happening that took the fear away. So huge billboards arrived around the city. Pink notices were put everywhere. People were told what was going to happen. And most importantly, people were told why. So we knew that when they were taking our temperature, it was because if we had a fever, we would have to be reported and the hospital ambulance would come immediately. Mm. We knew that when we were filling out these forms, causing massive delays for people getting in and out of supermarkets, that was to inform us that if, an, if somebody was had got the symptoms, that we could be wrong that evening and told you were in contact with somebody in that restaurant okay. or in that supermarket. Okay. And so, you know, that kind of took away the fear. Also, we knew that I, was, I knew I was going to be paid. That was never a question. And mm-hmm. my Chinese friends knew that they didn't have to pay their rent and that their money was going to be paid. So the fear was really, I think, coming from home where people felt that we were going to be exposed to the virus or that we were scared. But to be honest, we never felt scared at any point. Okay. And you're talking in the past tense now because things have changed. It's what, if everything shut down for Chinese New Year towards the end of January, you're two months. So you're a good six or seven weeks ahead of us. And things are lifting now. Things are getting more positive. That's right. It's there's, it, I mean, the last big barrier was the schools reopening because that's going to be a huge concentration of very young people who, as everybody knows, they're the vectors. So we heard uh, last Monday from the Ministry of Education that local Chinese schools were opening on the 6th. That really signified that they have full confidence that they have this thing under control. Mm. In my district, uh, in the district we both live in, um, there's only been, there's been no new cases. In fact, in China, there's been no new domestic cases in the last week. Mm -hmm. There's only been imported cases Mm. from people coming back. So the very fact that they're saying the opening of the schools means that they're completely confident that they have this, um, that they're confident that things are better. And it gives us all confidence that we know that it's okay. Right. We can now come and go as we like. We, uh, we still wear masks and we still get our temperature taken, but there's a sense that things are going back to normal. There's less hazmat suits, there's less, um, just kind of less, difficulty getting in and out. The metro's back running as normal. You know, streets are busy again, traffic's out. So there really is a sense 
that it's over, but still restrictions are in place and people are still being very careful. Oh, it's good to hear that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And tell me this, Cathy, we are, what, two and a half weeks into it now. I should have learnt a new language or maybe be an expert at yoga by now, but I've done none of those things. Did you learn anything new in your nine to ten weeks on lockdown? Oh, Orla, I wish I did. I seriously wish I'd read all those books and I learned fluent Chinese and I was a brilliant yoga person. But to be quite honest with you, we spent our time scrolling through the media, finding out what was happening, mm-hmm. catching up with friends. You know, oh, you see, there's always this notion this is only going to be a week, it's only going to be two weeks. And then all of a sudden you don't realise it's six or seven weeks and I'd be embarrassed to think of all the things I didn't do. Oh, listen, <laughs> I'm the exact same. And I think most people who are experiencing this are the same as well. And social media isn't helping all those influencers getting up and showing you the various things they've baked during the day isn't helping. I know that. I know that. Um, it's Look, people will find for them what works for them. And I mean, if I was to give any advice to somebody, I would say try and get a little bit of routine. You know, because, you know, when we're on that rat race and we're running to work and we're commuting and you're just wishing you had a couple of days where you'd absolutely mm. nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So now everybody has those couple of days. And I know the circumstances are awful and it is really scary. And, you know, especially where in European countries where I suppose it's not a centralized form of government. So things mm. don't come as quickly, to, you know, laws aren't passed as quickly. Um but if you could just take a step back, I suppose, and just think, well, this is what I've been wanting. You know, rushing and no commuting, no children having to get dressed, no school lunches, no PT meetings, whatever, and take those times and go, really, you could do something with it and use it, you know. But mm. And thankfully, as you said, because of social media, we can all be in touch all day long. True. Like our daughter's at home now and she's lost her job. So she's in university, but she's a part-time job. Okay. But you know, we can be on the phone to her all day long and know that she's fine and she's okay and she knows we're okay. So, Brilliant. you know, there are those opportunities, which exactly. is great. And what's her name? Aoife. Aoife. Good stuff. Hello to Aoife. Aoife. Um, it's yeah. lovely to hear from you, Cathy. It's really nice to hear some positivity and people coming out on the other end of it as well. You're in a city, as we said, called Suzhou. Um, I suppose when you're applying for jobs, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't pick the Beijings and all of the world. But as Suzhou goes as a city, is it a nice place to live for the year and another year, possibly? Oh, Suzhou is absolutely beautiful. Um, I mean, it's it's what's called in China a small city. There's 11 million people in it. (laughs) So three times the amount of us. Exactly. And that's just one city. And this would be considered a small city. It's half an hour by bullet train away from Shanghai, so it takes us half an hour to get to Shanghai on a bullet train that goes at 350 kilometers per hour. And that costs us three euro to go and come back. And that runs 24 hours a day. (laughs) It's just a different day. It's so modern and progressive and it's, Everything runs so efficiently and smoothly and it's sparkling clean. And there's an old part to the city that has seven World Heritage Gardens that are absolutely beautiful. Really, really beautiful. So, yeah, it's got the best of everything. It's a Brilliant. beautiful place. We're very, very happy here. Well, look, in just over a week, you're going to be going back to your school. So I hope you enjoy the fresh air and getting out and meeting your students again. And thanks a million for talking to us this morning. Not at all. Thank you, Orla. Bye now. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, one company that has seen a reinvention since the breakout of COVID-19 is Absolute, a County Wicklow-based print and design company who are the people behind many of the reminders to keep your distance at shops and pharmacies. Dermot Malone is the director of Absolute and he's on the phone to tell us more. You're very welcome, Dermot. 
Hi, how are you? It's nice to get a good news story during these times. We're hearing so much about layoffs, but you've actually taken some pe- more people on to your company. Well, it's been, um, I suppose, a really hectic two weeks for us. Um, we are delighted to have produced what we think has become a standard for keeping people safe in the retail environment with our QSafe product. But it became, I suppose, a, a product out of necessity mm. from uh, we, we got a, a call from a client of ours who's a pharmacist, Fitzmaurice Pharmacies in Bray, and they had a problem with people not keeping social distance uh, when he entered the pharmacy. Um, so we had a chat with Paul on that Friday, um, which was about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And straight away, we thought, okay, this is a problem, and it's a big problem, and it's bigger than one shop. But initially, we focused on creating a solution for Paul and we felt that it needed to be modular. It needed to be um, a solution that any retailer could use. And every individual shop or retail unit is different. Uh, so the shop owner themselves know what's the best way to lay out a queue to keep their people safe. Mm. Uh, so floor graphics uh, became, I suppose, the obvious solution. Uh, and we created a set of floor graphics, uh, which we then called our QSafe markers. And we trialed the prototypes in the shop on a Saturday morning. Mm. So it was a very quick response in terms of from the initial conversation on the Friday to having it in the shop on the Saturday. Okay. His, his response from the public was immediate. And they straight away instinctively knew, we need to stand here. We need to take our place in the queue. We need to wait. Um, and it was very easy for the shopkeepers or for the pharmacists. To so say, these are the uh, things guys, that we're seeing that are stickers on the floor that are saying... And are marked out at two meters per person, yes. and you know to stand there. And like, what a simple idea that really works. Because I've been in supermarkets where, you know, we talk about social distancing, but it's hard to say to someone, "Stand back, you're a, like." Someone has said to me before, "Stand back, you're a bit too close to me," and I got a bit of a fright. Even though we know what we're meant to be doing, we find it very hard to be able to say that to these to people. Exactly. So being able to provide a solution that people kind of instinctively know what to do, uh, that it, it, it's great. Mm. It, it works really well. Um, we have had some super feedback from the retail environment. Uh, it, initially, when this whole situation occurred and people uh, straight away knew that they needed to change the way retail worked and the way the queuing worked, they were putting down, uh, I suppose, different coloured tapes on the ground, different mm. coloured chevrons. I've seen tables uh, being put out. And, yeah. Mm. But people, when you've got uh, different types of systems being used in different retail locations, uh, it confuses the general public when they're going in. They don't know, okay, what way should I react in this particular store? Mm. Mm. Well, by creating um, a system that was instantly recognisable and available uh, for anybody to purchase and anybody to use, uh, it meant that there was a standard mm. that people then, when they step into whatever store, knew, okay, this is is what I should do because I'm doing the same in the you know, previous store I was in and the previous store I was in. Now you're not just doing stickers and things like that. You're making high vis vests, and <laughs> there's lots of stuff that you're doing. Well, I suppose essentially, when you think about it, at the moment we were inspired by a lot of the messages that are coming from the medical profession. They're saying currently there isn't a cure, but social distancing um, and keeping a safe distance from each other is all we can do in the current environment, right? Um, yes, I, th- I think very uh, most people are kind of staying at home 
when they possibly can. But we do need to go out and get provisions. We do need to go out and get medicines. Mm. Uh, so we're looking at that message, that keep safe distance message, and how we can remind people gently uh, when they do need to go out and when they do need to interact to keep that safe distance. We've created, for example, a little badge uh, which is available on a clip-on or on a lanyard. And uh, we donated uh, 500 of those to the maternity hospital in Hollis Street uh, to keep all the nurses um, and medical staff there safe. It just a little reminder. Uh, being Irish, we like to, to yap. We yes. like to chat to each yes. other. And before you know it, you're within somebody's, um, I suppose, personal space. But this little sort of badge reminds people, just step back a little. Yeah, uh, without idea. you having to say to somebody, would you mind mm. just step back a little? Mm. Uh, and then from there, we felt uh, in other areas, uh, the hybris vest, we've got a large quantity, again, printed with the keep safe distance message on the back and on the front for, I mean, <laughs> any location, whether queues are now starting to form outdoors, security staff could wear them, people going for a walk or a run, um, lots of different areas mm. where we do need to still step out of our home yeah. on occasion. And think outside but, the box. And I suppose those little reminders are the way to be able to realise you might be too close to someone. It's like the, you know, the trucks that say, if you, if you can't see my mirrors, well, then you're too yeah. close to me. It's something like that. Yeah. Tell me, what were you doing before this? Well, uh, Absolute as a uh, sort of marketing service and stroke print company has been around for about 14, 15 years. Uh, and we were so lucky that we had such a dedicated team around us that we were able to react instantly to this requirement because I think we broke all box office records in the way we turned around from mm. recognizing, looking, working with a customer who had a serious problem and needed an instant solution, to prototyping, producing a production run, creating a website, uh, all the graphic design element that's involved in that, marketing, uh, we would have Facebook, Instagram, uh, and uh, Twitter. Uh, which, again, is all about just getting messaging out mm. to people about how they can, I suppose, keep safe. And it must be a great uh, feeling to be able to keep your staff and to take on some other staff during these really challenging times. It is, but at the same time, uh, difficult insofar as we have to create a, a safe environment for our own staff of within course. the councils. Mm. Uh, like, if you, if you visit us now, uh, nobody's allowed inside the front door other than staff. Um, obviously, we have all the necessary arrangements in terms of uh, hand washing and uh, paper towels and uh, lotions for our hands and alcohol wipes, uh, making sure the premises is clean. But we had to ramp up production um, whilst keeping social distancing between our own staff oh, in yeah. the premises. So tough to do. Tough to do. So the only way you could do that uh, is by going on shift work. We're working very closely with suppliers. Suppliers at the moment are stretched. Um, uh, and obviously the print trade in general uh, we've a situation where our normal work has dried up so we were able to refocus our staff solely onto this QSafe solution uh, and and they just put their shoulder to the wheel and they worked whatever hours was necessary and we managed to cre uh, create enough packs to fulfil the order nice. Well your website is qsafe.ie if people want to check out what you're doing to promote a safer environment using social distancing and making everyone feel a little bit safer. I'd like to say I hope this business doesn't last too long and you get to go back to the other stuff that you used to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm 100% with you. This is just we're a solution for a time and place.
Um, and it will move on and we will all move on. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, we minimise the amount of effect that COVID-19 has on our population. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, uh, keep doing what you're doing. That is Dermot Malone from Absolute in County Wicklow. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Sarah Doyle is a life coach and mentor and she is the woman behind the Better Life Project. We've talked to her lots of times here on the Sunday Grill and she's also been at our Shine event. She spoke to Shona during the week. In fact, she was our Wednesday warrior during the week here on Beat 102-103. She had some really great tips on how to keep well and what to do if you're feeling anxious during this time. Shona started off by asking Sarah how she was doing. Well, thank you for asking. Um, I think like a lot of people, um, I have bad days, um, but good days as well. Um, I get a little bit anxious and sometimes I feel like the, the world is closing in on me because we are taking our social distancing very seriously. Um, so, yeah, I have normal feelings. I'm a little scared sometimes. I'm a little anxious other times. But I guess what I'm really grateful for at the moment is that I feel like I know how to take care of myself. Mm. Um, and I've been practicing self-care and not just Instagram self-care, but mm. self-care for the whole self for a really long time. So I have this little emotional health toolkit and on the days where I do get scared and on the days where I do feel quite anxious, I'm able to look inside that toolkit for something to help me feel better. So I'm really, really grateful for that. Um, the first thing that I will always tell myself in these times is that it's okay to feel scared and it's okay to feel anxious. And those feelings are real and they're valid. And, and I let myself sit with them. Okay. But then I'd also like to look outside the window and I see these beautiful tulips that I've got growing in my back mm. garden. The very same tulips <laughs> that I planted for my wedding bouquet two years ago. Mm. Um, and that is so wonderful to see. And then I think about all the things that I'm grateful for. And I usually always turn to my absolutely amazing son, Billy, who no matter what, just seems to have a smile on his face. So there are so many positives and so many things to be grateful for. No matter what is happening, we just have to look a little bit harder at the moment. I think, yeah, the, the highlighting the point of, of children, because hopefully for the mm. most part, they, they will go untouched by this. Yeah. But, yeah. You, you know, you talk about feeling scared, feeling anxious um, yeah. and those feelings being valid. And I think, mm. you know what, I think even for the strongest of people right now, those, you know, for some people, maybe they're unusual feelings. <laughs> you know, some some people go through life and yeah. don't. Ex- but right now, we're yeah. all in this. We're all in this together and we will come out of this together. Mm. And I find that really reassuring. I find that knowing that we are all in this together so comforting and knowing that that pain isn't unique to just me that fear or anxiety isn't unique to just me Mm. I I find that really comforting and really reassuring I just feel like we've got each other's back in this community than than we've ever had and that's really really nice and I I always make a note of, of really trying to remember that at this moment so for a lot of people yeah those feelings of anxiety are or fear they feel uncomfortable they feel strange we feel like we need to to brush it under the rug yeah but it's it's okay to feel those things it's valid it's real you can sit with it and then you can look outside and see this big 
big, big blue sky and just know that everything will be okay. You came to us last October to our wonderful mm. Shine event and you oh, yeah. brought the house down with your positivity <laughs> and Thank you. everybody that was in um, the arena that day felt how much you connected with them it was just it, it was oh, you had to be you. there to understand it right and so when I was thinking yeah. about talking to you today I thought of you speaking to all those women and those young girls in that room saying I am enough I am unstoppable and I want to know yeah. now I'm looking to you my dear what is your mantra what what, what is going to get us through because I think we need it yeah yeah, I was actually, so a, a, a big thing that I do um, either every evening or first thing in the morning is to write down a list of things that I need to do that day. And I, I also include a little space for an affirmation. And my affirmation every day without fail for over a week has been I can. And whether or not that's I can get through this, I can do the things on my list, I can be happy and that's been really important for me for, for a long time. I, I'm self-employed, as is my husband. So we constantly need to affirm what it is that we can do every single day. We need to be really careful of that inner dialogue and we need to be responsible for taking charge and that simple sentiment of I can inspires me and empowers me and I, and I know that I can, can do the same for others. Yeah. And for you, how much has your kind of online presence helped you and I suppose the people that are following you? I, I don't know, to be honest. I think I did ask my community, I hate that word, but I asked my community <laughs> what I could do more of to help and I was really pleased that it was just the same of what I've been doing already. So helping people to be compassionate with themselves during this challenging time, helping people to generate positive feelings about themselves, which is huge because our routine and our lifestyle has changed so dramatically in such a short space of time. And for a lot of us, that routine and that lifestyle, the little bits that we did every day, the job, that's how we felt good about ourselves. Mm. And we don't have that anymore. So we need to look at other things that we can do to generate positive feelings about ourselves. I think people have turned to social media a lot mm. at the moment. And I think that influencers, and I don't consider myself one, but I think influencers and, and people who are in the personal development or wellness space have really embraced this opportunity to inspire and empower people yeah. to take care of themselves and I think that's that's incredible because we have more time a lot of us have more time so we're spending more time on social media and sometimes it's hard to not be on social media so we just need to surround ourselves with accounts that inform us educate us inspire us empower us entertain us do you have to be careful about how much time we, we spend on mm. social media anyway and, and how much time that we spend consuming the news we need to stay informed but yep. we need to be able to stay in control of it so when we do go on social media, we need to be surrounded by accounts that lift us up, not accounts that make us feel bad about who we are. If you don't entertain, empower, inspire or educate, then I'm not going to follow you. <laughs> and, and those four things make me feel good about who I am. So for the time that I am on social media you better check one of those. Okay. You don't have to do them all in each post. Like you'll take one at a time. Okay. I'll take one at a time. I'm not greedy. 
The Sunday Grill with Crane and Crane Insurance. To compare motor and home insurance quotes across multiple different insurers, see craneandcrane.ie.